really wasn't kidding Oh, hey, gang. How are you? How's your week going? Is it good? Is it full of laughter and joy? I certainly hope so. There you go. Hey, welcome to a brand new episode of Terribly Funny, the podcast where I talk to funny people about terrible things that have happened to them. Who am I? Well, I can tell you. I'm your buddy, your pal, your wayward lover, Steve Bazelon. And today we have a wonderful guest for you. Uh, a doozy of an episode. Uh, this guest is uh, someone I went to college with that I have known for, ooh, 20 years? 20 years, almost. Maybe 19, maybe 18. But, you know, let's round up. Uh, it's Jennifer Zaborowski. What can I tell you about good old Jen? Well, she's a wildly talented actress and comedian. She, uh, uh, we started a, a comedy troupe back in the day. Good old Jimmy's Traveling All-Stars. If you went to Emerson College, you, you might be acquainted with that. And if you didn't, you don't give a shit. And that's fine, too, because Jen has a lot of other things on her plate. She's a woman of many talents. She has a podcast of her own uh, called We've Got to Talk About Britney, which is all about, you guessed it, Britney Spears. Yes, uh, Jen has oft and long been obsessed with uh, Hit Me Baby One More Time and the whole oeuvre of Britney. And she's a podcast that is devoted to that entirely, and it's a delightful listen. If you love Britney, or if you just like uh, hearing uh, funny, charming people geek out about something they love, you should listen to it. Uh, you've also seen Jen and a bunch of other stuff. She's been in things like Future Man and Heathers and Black Monday, uh, The Guilt Trip. She's all over the place. She's delightful. And today we're going to talk about what are we going to talk about? Well, today we really get to kind of the core, the the, the base premise of this whole podcast. Um, she talks about what it was like to lose two friends in very short order, uh, siblings at that. And uh, really, we focus on kind of, you know, finding the, the levity and the joy and the laughter, even in a very bleak and dark period. Uh, it sounds like a lot, and it is, but it's also a real delight. I think you're going to enjoy it. She's great. She's an old friend, and she's just a, a kind soul. So let's get to it, shall we? But before we do, it's time to eat your vegetables. Uh, hey, friends, do you like this podcast? I really hope you do. And if you do, go to our iTunes page. Give us a rating. Give us a review. That's nice. Also, subscribe. You can also listen to us on SoundCloud. Ooh, how fun. Uh, also, uh, if you want to check us out on all the social media, do so. We're terribly underscore funny on Twitter. Terribly underscore funny. We put up posts about these episodes. That's cool. Also, you can check us out on Instagram. It's terribly funny podcast. I put up pictures of me and my very attractive guests and occasionally one of my dog. And that's fun. He's getting old. So, you know, you, you got to get him out there while you can. And also, if you want to drop me a line and say, hey, great episode, Steve. Hey, uh, you're not my cup of tea, Steve. You can do all of those things at terriblyfunnypodcast at gmail. Um, the emails have uh, have actually been slowing down of late, so if you want to drop a line, please do so. I'd love to hear from you. Um, that's it. That part's done. Now let's get to what y'all came here for, and that is to hear Miss Jennifer Zabrowski talk about uh, some some pearls of wisdom, some insight, some bon mots, some, uh, some, some insight that she got for some, from some tragedy. And let's get to it, shall we? Uh, theme music, please. Well, I'm currently in some bad stuff or just coming out of it. You're in you're in, in, in the weeds, as they say. Yes. Mm-hmm. And in the fog. And I have recently come to a place where I find it to be hilarious. Because sure. what else how else could you make any sense of of what has been happening? My my two best friends mm-hmm. from high school. Sure. Who uh, are brother and sister? Sure. Uh, they were both what the one were they both were they twins? No, they were. No, they were uh, a little over, a little over or a little under a year apart. Gotcha. Um, an Irish twins situation. Yes, kind of. and they yeah. and they and they were in fact Irish. I gotta I gotta figure it. Out. I think that they were just under a year apart. Yeah. Um, That's the Irish twins. Mm-hmm. My grandmother had, I think, that would make two it sets official. of those. Oh, jeez. Yeah, in the 50s, they didn't know how to pull out. They're like, we can do that? And also, I, I do not have children, but I've recently been talking to my girlfriends about this, and and because of this situation, they talk about Irish twins, and they're like, I cannot imagine having sex and then becoming pregnant that soon after having a child. Yeah. They, they When I look at my friends, when I look into their eyes, who've had children, had children. There you go. You got it out. They just, this is how I feel about having mm-hmm. kids. I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the yeah. idea of one Everything coming is, out of my body. It's not even body. a Freudian slip. It's a Freudian stutter. I can't yeah. get it out. Mm-hmm. They look terrified at the idea of this. 
Yeah, I can't imagine. Yeah, I don't want to do that. So I mean, you know, I have a wiener dog, so I totally get it. I understand what it's like to have kids. I'm just about to jump into the dog uh, are world. Are you? Yes. That's exciting. I want a papillon. Oh, sure. Those are good dogs. Mm-hmm. Butterfly. I, mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to catch my own butterfly. That's nice. But these two friends, mm-hmm. these Irish twins, yes. Megan and Kevin Meehan, both died within uh, 13 months of each other. Uh, the A... Uh, heartbreaking B they're consistent they are consistent they came in that way they left that way you don't have to be that consistent guys yeah he he came in first he left first so yeah these two people who I loved so much died within a year of each other both of cancer different types of cancer different I always I don't know why because we've talked about this twice Mm -hmm. just in our you know uh, tri-monthly get-togethers for some reason I was under the impression that it was the same kind of cancer he but had it was more a, of a genetic predisposition he had a <clears throat> esophageal oh boy and then hers began in her stomach and uh and they went so fast and these cancers were just nasty were they both stage four when they discovered them yes yeah and uh and it's just now she's megan passed away a month ago Mm-hmm. And I feel like the dust is settling a little bit and we're all catching our breath kind of like, what the fuck yeah. just happened? Um, and they, in high school, so I went to high school uh, about 40 minutes from where I grew up. Mm-hmm. My parents wanted me to go to a Catholic high school. Sure. And so many people assumed like, oh, you're tra- you're going 40 minutes into Albany to probably go to like some snooty private school. My mm-hmm. parents sent me into the inner city of Albany. Uh, it was a horrible education, but just like the greatest school. Like mm-hmm. it was just, it was, it was, if you've ever seen Sister Act 2, that was sure. my high school. Sure. And. Uh, the one with Lauren Hill, I believe, right? Yes, absolutely. And did you. She was there. Oh, wow. That's, that's a great school. <laughs> and. Uh, I met Megan my first day of high school. Mm-hmm. We uh, locked eyes and said hi in unison, and we were inseparable from that moment on. And I basically moved into their house because I wanted to party with all of my friends on the weekends. You didn't want to drive 40 minutes? Didn't want to drive 40 mm-hmm. minutes, especially the first couple years. Didn't have a license, yeah. so it was like you're asking a lot of your parents. No. We had a math teacher uh, who was from my hometown who worked at the school, so he drove my sister and I to school um, the first, like, year. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a weird um, dynamic. Yeah, Mr. Zaccardo. Sure. <laughs> Zaccardo and Zabrowski's just on the road. Just on the road from Amsterdam to Albany. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I would, I would live at their house on the weekends. I had my own bedroom. I picked out the shade of pink for the, for the walls oh, wow. after a couple months. They really took So this me was in. like a family. This was like a sibling almost. Yes. <clears throat> and Kevin was a year older than us. He was such a babe. And he, um, he was like the freshman that had the senior girlfriend. And he was just always that. He was just, everyone loved him. Yeah. They I mean, freshman to senior, people are like, oh, yeah, good for you. Mm-hmm. And also like, how? Uh-huh. <laughs> How'd you, how are how you doing are you? this? What are you packing? What heat are you packing there, and Kevin? Kevin was packing a lot of heat. Oh, good for him. He had these like gorgeous green eyes, and mm. Megan had the same eyes, and they they just, they had something. Mm-hmm. And their house uh, became the house that everyone hung out at right. in their basement. You know, it's like you gotta. There was always someone's basement. It's oh, a if, you had a, if you had a seventy show kind of. Yes, if you okay. had a good basement, then you were ground zero for good times. Because you also had like they had the sliding door, oh, sure. so you didn't have to like knock on the front door and right. face the parents. You could just like go around the back, kind of a thing. And, and then if like people stay over there, it's easy to sneak in and out of. Mm-hmm. There's like a big TV, and you're watching MTV till four in the morning. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just listening to so much like Dave Matthews Band and Pearl Jam. Yeah, man. And Under the table and dreaming. I yeah, get it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And we just had the best time in that basement. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, just truly the best. And um, Kevin was the, uh, the ringleader of our group. And we would go to a party and he was always the one in charge of all the parties. Mm. And we would get there and he would like, scope out who was 
you know, who was sketchy mm-hmm. and, you know, when we were leaving, he'd be like, something's about to happen. Everybody in your car oh, is wow. like, we are out of here. So he was like the lookout yeah. and the and the team leader. And of course he went on to become a cop. He was a detective and the head of the SWAT team. Oh, wow. And Jesus, what really stands out to me now is that he was the first man in for 10 years. He did this job. Mm. And, uh, and then when he died, I was like, you were still the first one in. Yeah. Uh, and Megan, um, she text messaged me three months after Kevin passed away. And (laughs) she just said, you want to hear something really fucked up? I was just diagnosed with stage four stomach cancer. Jesus Christ. But it's also like the way that she is framing that. It's just like also like, boof, well, of course this is happening. It seems like she's almost kind of laughing at it in the moment. Oh, yeah. And that was her, that's how she was the last nine months of her life. And at one point, she said to my friend, Nicole, she looked at her. She was throwing up. And this was in like the last few weeks of her life. And she just looked at Nicole and she was like, are you fucking kidding me right now? Mm-hmm. And it was kind of this like, I can't believe this is happening. But also, I don't know. Have you ever been in a situation where you never thought you would be in this experience? And and it, and it can be horrible, but there's something about it that is thoroughly entertaining almost. Yeah, sure. <clears throat> Well, I think um, I I feel like what's entertaining or what makes it feel kind of, for lack of better words, like special is that like it's such a peak or such a valley. Mm-hmm. And those are like the things I think those are the times where you feel even if you are literally dying, those are the times where you feel most alive because you're like not taking shit for granted and like the colors are more vibrant, even if you're like fully underwater. Um, and there's like a thing, you know, that uh, had a, f- a friend and had him on the podcast years ago. But like the thing I loved about Chris Kelly's movie, Other People, mm. is just like there's that sentiment in the movie where he's just like, I, this not this isn't supposed to happen to you. It always happens to other people. And I think when it happens to you, it's that moment of like, what the fuck? This is, I'm supposed to be the bystander who hears about this, who talks about it, who, you know, my friend has acquaintance or has friends. It's not supposed to be on in my lap Mm -hmm. and saying the words out loud over the last month like these two people who meant the world to me and also their bond their love their the the entire family our entire group of friends um and watching them go through this because they all still live in albany so that the other the other piece of it was kind of walking back in after not having been there for years walking back into Kevin's funeral Mm. and seeing all of them it was this bizarre um experience everyone had aged and then you're also standing you know in a cemetery and you're just like I can't I don't understand what's happening It, it doesn't seem real saying these words like that these two people are, we're here and now they're not. Um, but there were also like all, all of the, throughout Kevin being sick, um, these magical things started to happen. Like my good friend Alex Fox was getting married mm-hmm. and she's from Sarasota, Florida. And Megan was living in Sarasota, Florida. She managed hotels. And so I knew I was going to see her for Alex's wedding. Right. And a couple weeks before, she said, you're never going to believe this. Kevin's in, will be in between treatment. So Kevin, his wife, Crystal, my mom, um, their other brother, Dan, uh, are all going to be in Sarasota. Hmm. So Van, my husband, will he's going to get to meet everyone too. Hmm. And at the time, I just kept thinking, oh my gosh, I'm so excited that Van's going to get to meet Kevin because it was clear that Kevin was so sick and right, that right. even if he, you know, even if treatment went well, that his life, you know, probably wouldn't have gone on for years and years and years. And 
And now I look back and I'm like, oh, Van got to meet Megan too. Yeah. Or just got to see this whole family together. Um, these people who meant so much to me. And he got to stand in the room with all of them. Um, and it was just great. Like Kevin was just like my ultimate protector. And uh, when Van walked in the room, here Kevin was. He had you know no hair. He had he had been through so many aggressive treatments, and he refused to sit down. Like everyone else would, you know, as everyone was talking, sitting down, you know, getting a snack, and Kevin stood the whole time, just like looking at Van, just like still being my protector, sure. making sure this guy's okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it, it it just, uh, you know. I've been with my husband for 10 years, but there was something about that moment where I was like, I felt like there were all these markers too, or deep in my relationship, even with my husband, where I was like, Oh, it's like your father. It's like meeting your, your person meeting your father. Yeah, It's stressful, but it also feels like a rite of passage. And once they give like the nod, it's like, okay, all right. Yes. Yes. And, um, and then, of course, they all made fun of me in the room, and that felt great, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, oh, it's official. Like, Van has witnessed these people just ripping on me, mm-hmm. and there's, like, no one else I'd rather be ripped on by <laughs> than these guys, you right. know? Um, but the whole experience also, uh, I think it's reconnecting me to a, a part of myself that I kind of moved away from. I feel like I get trapped in nostalgia a lot and I'm trying to find this place of, um, of letting, letting my youth kind of like come along for the journey, but to keep moving forward. Do you get trapped in nostalgia? Um, yeah, yes, I definitely do. I definitely am like wistful and I think uh in times of like loss uh I definitely get perhaps uh, I think if to use that phrase tap, trapped in nostalgia, I think that's where I uh am just looking back through like rose-colored glasses and not remembering. Like when I look back on like all the whatever traumas I've had, I have to like remind myself like oh right that part was awful that part was terrible that was very painful as opposed to I just look back and find the things that like felt very special in Mm. those moments Mm. I don't know if that is positive or negative sometimes it makes it hard to move on and sometimes Mm. it's not the full picture but the other side is like well that's also I'm like seeing the good in that yeah but trapped in nostalgia I think is an interesting phrase I think just that's Mm. an interesting way of looking at things but do you find that it is like a little bit um uh, uh paralyzing yeah, I, where I'm not, um, I'm not moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like the, it do, it doesn't necessarily feel like, um, like I can't, uh, like the best days are behind me. It doesn't necessarily feel like that, but it's just like something where I, I get, um, I just get really, yeah, I feel trapped in it. Mm. Um, where I'm like, oh, I gotta, I gotta keep moving. But all, but this whole, ex- I think this whole experience kind of felt like a graduation right. from that. Um, and that I'm really excited about. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I mean, cause those things as much as like, it is good to, uh, uh, wax nostalgic and take a look at where you've come from and try to learn from mistakes. It can be like stagnating to only be living in those moments as opposed to focusing on the things that are in front of you and like the things that take those experiences and what did I learn from them and apply them to where you are currently as opposed to. Yeah. Putting them in the present moment. Mm -hmm. Like when I went to Florida to visit Megan in September, she was really sick and, um, and I was like, I didn't think we were going to be able to leave the house. And she was like, I want to go to the movies tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you do? Well, okay. She was like, yeah, there's this amazing movie theater where you can recline the seats all the way back. And like, Jennifer, like, I won't be able to eat, but you could have, um, like, you could have a full meal and you can have, like, wine or even a cocktail. I was like, this place sounds great. Mm-hmm. And it was actually the nicest movie theater I've ever been to. That's great. In Sarasota, Florida. Sure. And. Uh, what did you see? We saw Crazy Rich Asians. Oh, that's great. Well, that was the other thing. We're like looking through what movies were out and it was just like 
nothing with death, sickness. A very light rom com. Yeah. I was like, this will be perfect. And right before we left, she took like so many pain pills. Mm-hmm. And we get there and she's kind of like wobbling back and forth. Before we left, we were having this conversation with her mom where she was just like, God, this sucks. She was just in a this fucking blows kind of day. And I was like, you know what, Megan? You can do whatever you want. And she's like, yeah, because I have cancer. And I was like, no, because you're a human being. Mm-hmm. Like, we all have choices. Like, sure, will there be consequences? Yeah. Like, but you can get up and do whatever you want every single day, even still. And she was like, yeah, you know what? I'm not going to wear a bra to the movie theater today. Mm-hmm. Her mom was like, well, Megan, like, I don't oh, know. Oh, come on, mom. And, and Megan was like, no, it fucking hurts. I'm not wearing a bra. And you know what else I'm going to do? Because she had this, like, tube. Sure. For her stomach. And, and she was like, I'm going to carry around the contents of my stomach like a purse because that's what I need to do. And I was like, yeah, you are. So we get to the movie theater and people might have thought we, I mean, we looked crazy. Sure. Also, I was wearing my school sweater. I brought my high school school sweater and it just like looked like we might have like rolled off of from the streets like into the movie theater. And Megan's like wobbling back and forth and... We finally get to the seats and the movie's about to start and she was so sick and it was so hard to see that. And then she just looked at me and smiled and she was like, isn't this the best? Mm -hmm. And I was just like, this person, this person is going through all of this and this simple moment of going to the movies and holding hands with your friend can be the best. Yeah. And it's that feeling, like what I think I was holding on to and like feeling that trapped in nostalgia because it was so fun in high school. But I was like, oh, she was living that way. She 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 kept it going. Well, yeah. I mean, I think those... I think those moments uh, when you, when things do feel uh, finite and when you are to some degree staring in the abyss or have just come, come through some level of um, very difficult trauma, uh, it just makes you so much more appreciative. Um, I remember like getting out of the hospital once after being there for like six weeks mm-hmm. and just... Uh, you know, because they take you out in a wheelchair. It's just like the hospital protocol, which I probably needed. I was just very weak. Um, but I remember, like, uh, my ex was getting the car. So, like, the orderly or whatever, the nurse just sat me down, like, wheeled me outside, put the locks on, and, like, you know, made sure I was okay and then wandered off. And I just, like, closed my eyes and just, like, it's a, it was the smallest thing, but it was the first time I'd felt sunshine for like six mm. weeks or seven weeks. Mm. And I just like, just like, te- just like tears streaming down my face just because like, God, this feels so good. And this is just like a moment that like, I feel very, very lucky right now. Yeah. And it's just like those simple things were just like, we take so much for granted. And that's like natural. It should be. It's like, you know, we can't stop and see everything we will only we we will be like just like a cat just playing with like a ball of yarn we will like our, our lives will pass us by is that a bad thing not necessarily yeah. but um but i think those moments are very important because it does just shine a light on like how many not to sound too frou-frou but how many fucking miracles we have we experience every moment while you and i are sitting here like unconsciously we're both breathing our hearts are doing fucking nutty things the fact that I can access, you know, the first time I met you. Like, those are all just, like, miraculous things. Feeling so alive. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is something that I've just noticed. Like, every, I feel so, um, I just feel so alive mm. after all of this. And and uh, taking it all in. Like, I just, I went for a uh, a walk this morning in my neighborhood and I do it all the time but just like looking up and seeing the sun and like every leaf and every like I'm like oh my god mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I feel like I'm on drugs it's just 
it's there's just so much energy that's what it is I just feel like energy energy all around I feel them all around that's mm. the other thing I just I feel I feel them um I, I feel them yeah and I also think um you do feel that presence for a while um but I I to, to the movie theater thing I think also why that feels like the best is because it just like makes you feel normal as opposed to like there's moments where you don't want to be defined by a as a sick person mm -hmm. or just even you don't if you're in it you don't need to you don't need to look far to find reminders that your life is not normal so if you can do anything that makes you feel like what you used to have, the things that you used to take for granted, going to see a movie with just a friend that's like, no, that's like a fine Tuesday. But mm -hmm. like, it, it can be and it should be mm -hmm. a lot more. Yeah. When I got there in February um, and we knew that she was going to pass soon and um, I got into the, the hospital room and... and our other friends had already been there, and so I entered, and and Megan just threw her hands up, and she was like, "Oh my God, you're so beautiful, Jennifer!" And I hug her, and she was like, "Oh, you smell just like you, like you always did in high school, just like onions." And I was like, "What?" Oh boy! <laughs> and then she's like. You know, and they were like, Jen, you did. You always had a little B.O. And I was like, what? And then, <laughs> and then Megan's like, but it's not like bad onions. It's no, you know, when you're, you're just starting to make a soup mm -hmm. and it just smells like onions. And she was like, yeah, but just like, but there's the other stuff and it feels like your home. That's how you smell. And I was like, this is the best and the worst. Yeah. And then also... And then just conversation took off and we were, you know, just laughing and talking. And I was like, it doesn't matter if we're in a hospital room mm -hmm. or in the basement of her parents' house or in a movie theater or, you know, we used to go on all these wild adventures and either, you know, we'd party everywhere, like at the water pumps and sure. on a golf course that we would, you know, hike miles to get to a safe place to drink our beer or, mm -hmm. you know, in their backyard, we'd go through this path and have huge bonfires and, and concerts and just like all these amazing times together. But it just, in that moment, I was like, it doesn't matter where we are when these people are together, these amazing things happen. And the thing about Megan and I, <clears throat> the first time I slept at her house, she had this um, journal that someone must have given her as a gift or something, and it was it was new. It hadn't been written in yet. And I was like, can I write a letter to you in here? And she was like, yeah. So I wrote what we had done that night of the first sleepover that I ever had there. Hmm. And then I went back the next time and I was like, can I write in the book again? And then the next time and the next time and the next time. And then finally, like that book was full and went on to the, another book and then another book. And I wrote in it almost every single time I slept at the Meehan's house. Oh, wow. So we have these books that tell the tale, like every single tale, every single story are in these books. And it's like, I can remember most things or like um you know as you grow older you kind of they just become like bullet points of what happened like shadows you remember like remember the shape of it but like you don't remember exactly what you were thinking or feeling in that moment mm -hmm. or every detail and then going back and reading and yeah. reading the details i mean it's just so entertaining so fun i'm so glad that we have those yeah and sharing those with everyone and um, when we were back there, uh, for the funeral and I brought them for Kevin's funeral cause I didn't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And we had kept in touch, but we, we would talk only, you know, two or three times a year. And then when Kevin got sick, we were talking more often. And, um, and then when Kevin passed, I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm coming, you know, I'm getting on a plane. I'll be there in a couple of days. And she 
and he's like, really, Jennifer? And I was like, yes, of course. And so I got to Albany, and I was staying at a, my mom's friend's house, and I was like, I don't even know if I should go over there tonight, you know. It, and Megan was like, I want you to come over. And so I get there, and she comes outside, and now especially, I'm like, because oh, I can't believe that this was only a, a year ago, really, that mm-hmm. this was happening. And she just, we just hugged. And she's like, I'm so glad you came over tonight. And I was like, who's here? She was like, just the family. And as we're walking in, I'm like, I haven't seen everyone in a really long time. And I hope that they're going to be okay with the fact that I'm here tonight. And it was like no time had passed. They were so, they embraced me. I embraced them. And we sat down and we just started eating burgers and talking and laughing. And it was just then this moment hit where it was like the only person who wasn't at the table was Kevin. Mm. And so then I brought out the book. I was like, Megan, I brought one of the books. And she was like, oh my gosh, give it to me. And she couldn't stop reading it. And she read every single page out loud. A lot of them were so, a lot of the pages, very embarrassing. I'm sure. But it's like you get into that space too where you're like, I don't care. You want to tell me I smell like onions? You want to read my most embarrassing moment in front of all these people? I'm good with it. Yeah, there's bigger things. This is small. I can do with my tiny little bit of hubris or (laughs) embarrassment. Yes. And I, it's like I wish that none of this had happened but at the same time it's just some of the most eye-opening special deep experiences I've ever had have happened over this past year around these two people and their family and their friends Hmm. and and I spoke at Megan's funeral and And one of the things I said was, you know, that I can't believe I got to go to a Meehan party. And I was like, we all made it to the party. Mm. And, and even though I wish it could have gone on longer, like we made, at least we made it. Yeah. I mean, um, that's a great way to look at it is, because uh, what makes something like a, let's say like a New Year's or a birthday special is because it is finite and it is like, it doesn't happen so often mm-hmm. and it can't go on extended forever. It's like a sprint. <laughs> you can't sustain that, but that's like part of the beautiful thing. And like, just burns bright. Uh-huh. It's midnight and we all <laughs> celebrate being alive and we kiss and then we uh, wake up the next day and we're hungover, but like, <laughs> oh, that was fun. And I feel like, a little bit more alive because of that experience. Mm-hmm. And that's like a great way to look at someone's life. Yeah, right now, I feel like I'm in that, you know, the week between Christmas and New Year's? Sure, where you like don't know what day it is. You don't know what day it is. You're like, am I happy? Am I sad? Have, is it about to get really dark emotionally yeah. for me right have now? Have I taken a shower in a few days? <laughs> is it okay to wear sweats for a fourth day? But then you're like waiting for New Year's and this, yeah. you know, this energy that's about to come into you. And I just, I feel a little bit like I'm there. Um and waiting to it's like that's like a well that that time of year is like because nothing especially for us because we have uh amorphous frou-frou jobs but like you don't have to work really and no one else around us is doing any work so it's like well i have zero responsibilities right now and especially if you're not at home it's like well i honestly don't know it's this weird like uh, purgatory. Yes. And if you are home, you're like, I've cleaned every closet out. Uh-huh. I've like, there's, I've seen every movie. movie. I yes. can't, I can't do anymore. <laughs> I, I've like the, the time in which I'm starting drinking just keeps on moving earlier. And earlier. You're like, mm. I'm like getting into AM. Yeah, it's, soon 11 I, yeah. <laughs> it's like a brunch uh-huh. time. Yeah. <laughs> it's totally acceptable. So you're, yeah. you're like emotionally at December 28th. Yes. Yeah. I think I'm right there. Maybe the 29th. I there might have go. reached, yeah, I might have reached the 29th. Um, and it's so funny, like, I don't know if you can relate to this, but now 
like when I got back from the services and I'm like, I'm back. And then there's this. When did Megan pass? Just like a month and a half ago, two months ago? A month ago. Oh boy. A month ago. And you get back and then I did have like a few days that were lost. Like, I don't know. I'm not quite sure what I did. Sure. I, I, I don't know. I don't know who I talked to. I, I don't have, know. I have days like that when I'm very far from any tragedy. <laughs> okay, good, good, good. Yeah. And I, I want to use, it's like, I, oh, I want to use this time for something. Right. But I mean, you're like, you can't. You just, there's no there's no planning how to grieve or process yeah. something like this. Um. And so... I'm just kind of like trying to like it's cool. You'll you're gonna I'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like I woke up the other day because it's like I got through everything and it was this the waiting period of like I went to see her. Then it was this waiting period of I knew she was going to pass, but I didn't know exactly when that was a whole fucking thing where you're just basically waiting for someone to die. You have no control over it. I would even yeah. call my my dad, who is a podiatrist, and I'd be like, can you can you talk to some of your your doctor friends? Can mm-hmm. someone like in oncology that you know, can they like tell me like when do they when do they think it's gonna happen? And my dad's like, that's not how this works. Like yeah. this is the one thing you have no control over. And it's just going to happen when it's going to happen. And I was like, well I hate this answer. Um, well, because there's so yeah, it's just it's those are those moments when you have zero control. It's like I just give me something, any just anything, something to cling on to. Um, and then when so she did pass, then it's like then okay, all right, now I'm gonna go to upstate New York, and I'll be there and have that whole thing happen, and then I'm back, and then I had work, and then I, and then I just woke up the other day, and I was like, whoa. Hmm. what the fuck just happened over the past 60 days? Um, this yeah. is really something. So I don't know what happens next, but I do feel more awake. I mean, that's great. Yeah. Awake with like a lot of back pain. So I'm going to go to the chiropractor. I feel like everything's in my back where it's just like was holding on. Yeah. I, I think that's, cement. I mean, I think that's the same reason like why um, so frequently like people after they get married like so many people are sick like immediately after on their honeymoons or that kind of thing or yes. like you know if you yes. just finish a project you have like all this adrenaline that keeps you alive and then keeps you going and then as soon as it like stops you can just take like a breath and it's like uh, and everybody's like well we're shutting down sorry we're going on vacation and you're like no wait <laughs> yes like i there was um a time in right after it was like this period where just a, a confluence of of garbage, much like you're coming from, <laughs> where like was going through a uh, divorce. My mom had just been diagnosed with stage four cancer. My grandmother just died, a bunch of stuff. And like as it was like getting approaching, not the end, but like I was leaving New York. I was living in New York. It was <clears throat> at the end of that, and was getting ready to go on this like vacation with uh, my mother because she wanted to travel while she still had time. And it was mm-hmm. like over the holiday, and was going with my ex-wife. Um, and we knew that we were splitting up, but we didn't say anything to the family because yeah. they had more shit on their plate. Sure, sure. Um, oh, that stuff. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, just sent, I remember I was going to uh, like a FedEx to send all my shit back to LA. And uh, then I was like, well, I need to get some energy out because I feel like a chaotic mess. And just like going to the gym, and I was like walking to the gym, and I took a step, and my back just went out. Uh huh. Just seized. Yeah. And <laughs> so for like the next like. 48 hours, like, I went to, like, a chiropractor. I did acupuncture before on this vacation. And the first, like, two days of this vacation, my back was fucked. And then it was, like, fine. And then I got back from uh, back from this vacation and uh, had this had, realized I had, like, a rash. Oh. Um, I had a rash and then went to the dermatologist. And I thought, because, you know, I went, like, snorkeling. So I thought it was just, like, you know, I used some garbage uh-huh. uh, uh, life vest mm-hmm. and went to the dermatologist and me was like, oh yeah, that, that's shingles. And so what happens, it, it affects your musculature before it manifests itself in so the back, back going out was just that. And and he and I was like, isn't that an old person's disease? He's like, yeah, or you know, somebody who's under a, a lot of stress. And I was like, 
Okay. All right. Gotcha. Sure, sure, gotcha. sure. But that's just like that same thing. Your body, right? yeah. It just kind of, yeah. You just I, hold everything Yeah, I woke in. up and, uh, and on Wednesday and my whole back felt like cement. My skin broke out. I was, I looked, I was like, I have become, a, I am, a, what happened to me over the past two months? And now I'm like, all right, I got to like clean this out. Yeah. Well, that's like probably a little bit like your body's like, this is what's happening inside of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We held it together for a while. We can't hold it together. We cannot. We cannot put duct tape over <laughs> everything. Cannot. And I, the only thing I could do after the chiropractor was like, go home. And thankfully I could, mm-hmm. but I was like, I can't do anything. My body was just like, we are done now and you will be recuperating for sure. a little bit. Steve, I did say this to you a couple weeks ago, that next to the Meehan family, I would say that you are the, next to them, you've had the, the shittiest, like, role, like, so close together. There was no, yeah. like, things weren't spread out. I feel like you really got hammered for couple years there uh yeah there was definitely like uh, this is supposed to be a compliment i don't know if it no feels no that i way. think so. you're I, such I, a warrior though like it's it's amazing it is a point of pride i mean like at the time i was like what the fuck but then because it was like a good five years with like you know operation and treatments and you know deaths and uh, separations and all that stuff it was like all within like three four years where it's just a confluence of it just didn't stop mm-hmm. um so that w- it does feel like the, the when it rains, it pours. But uh, the, the inverse of that, it was it became, I felt like um, afterwards, I felt like a little bit when I was coming out of the fog, mm-hmm. you know, a year or so afterwards. Uh, I, I had like a lingering depression that I didn't recognize, but also just like felt uh, very dissatisfied because I think I became like a little bit accustomed to um the the, the the intensity mm-hmm. oh uh, uh-huh. you know uh-huh. because my like just i ran in the red for so long yeah that, like when i just got to like oh leisure i was like what do i do with this yes and like even just the other day my uh duncan broke his tail got slammed in the gate of my my uh my house and poor little guy just like was bleeding everywhere but as soon mm-hmm. as it happened i was like just kicking like well, i know what to do with this uh-huh this feels like as somebody else might just like go through like a just spiral out and like freak out as I feel very calm. Yes. I feel very pragmatic. And actually this, uh, as much as like, I want to make sure that he's safe, this actually feels like a comfort zone for me. Yeah. I know what like to do yeah. with an, an emergency with something when it's like, you're going to be running hot, you know? Yeah. Or just something like this is like, ah, it's like that. Like <laughs> I assume like when people get like heroin, like, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like it was, it's not that, um, masochistic but it just felt like okay i know what to do with this and this is some somehow this feels a little bit um this is familiar this is in my wheelhouse yeah it's like oh hello old friend yes <laughs> um which is i don't know if that's a good thing but i remember um a therapist said to me i think it was a few years ago but that in um trauma work that um a lot of times the way in is to start um with the patient by asking um, when did you know you were going to be okay? Mm-hmm. Or when did you know you were okay? Mm-hmm. Um, instead of just like going right into the trauma and talking about that, because it can be really triggering. It's like, let's start with the moment you knew you were okay and like work backwards. And I don't know, for some reason that really stuck with me and it's a really great anchor for me. Right. Where you're like, oh, you you know you can make it through anything like because it's in the data because you've like ran the experiment so many times. Right. So it's kind of like having trust in that and being like, oh, all right, I knew I was okay when da-da-da. Right. Like what was going on there? I'm like, all right, okay, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. Well, that's a good perspective. Like I know I'm going to be okay because I'm here right now thinking about it, talking about it, processing it. Yeah. Might not be easy. Yeah. But I'm here. I'm here. Yeah. You said something when we went and had drinks, whatever, three weeks ago, uh, that really kind of stuck with me because I remember when I was trying to wrap my mind around, like, uh, shortly after my mom was diagnosed and they gave her, like, a year, year and a half. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember just, I was sitting watching, I think, like, at the new season of Sherlock or something. And I remember thinking, like, what is this like for my mom to think about? For some reason, like uh, the idea of like 
wasting time or like stories that you're never going to get to see come to a conclusion yeah. or um, just ones that you like the idea of watching a trailer would yeah. I think would spin me out like something like oh that looks really good oh I'm not going to be able to see this yeah the, one of the first things Megan said after telling me I smelled like onions mm-hmm. uh, in the hospital room was I'm just so pissed I'm not going to be able to see the end of Game of Thrones yeah and I was like, oh, it, it, all of us just felt it in that moment. It became clear she understood and that she all, wasn't going to be able to see that. Yeah, and ultimately it's like uh, kind of a small thing, but it's like, motherfucker, I've lived with this for such a long time, and I've been so looking forward to it, and that just feels like a thing that does not matter because like, yeah. I'm pissed that I'm not going to get to see uh, <laughs> more sunsets or like my my own children whatever it is but that just feels I, for whatever reason that like stuck with me with my mom in yeah. a way that like oh yeah I won't get to see her turn 65 but just like she won't get to see the next season of Sherlock which is dumb she won't get to see the end of Game of Thrones and it's just I don't know why that just like haunted me yeah you know yeah I was I was just thinking of your mom too Steve I loved similarly to how I love how Megan said my name. She always called me Jennifer. Mm-hmm. There's like only a few people who call me by my full name. And um, I just loved how your mom said my name. She oh, called really? me Jen, but I just, I can still hear it mm. re- really clearly. Mm. Not Jen. She kind of had this like, just so much love and um, fun and, joyfulness and like you just wanted to just sit and hang with Joyce yeah yeah she was a tough cookie but she was there was an undoubted warmth there was a real zest spend time with her yeah have my own relationship with her yeah you know like there are I mean I think that's what makes it so hard when you lose someone you love so much it hurts so much because you love them so much there's something about how they saw you in the world too. Sure. Like I tried so hard throughout the last year. I'm like, it's not about any of us. It's just about her. It's, or at the time, it's like, it's just about Kevin. And I don't want to be having these feelings. And and someone was like, death. It, but it is about you because it's your experience. And also, it's the loss of this person is the loss of how they saw you in the world. Mm-hmm. And that's why you love them so much. They saw something in you. Um. And, and so I'm also trying to like see that for myself and be like, oh, like she just had so much, um, especially Megan, she just loved people so deeply and, and not, she didn't see the best in people. She saw the truth in people and she let people sit comfortably in their discomfort. You know, she would call you out on your bullshit and then, and moving on. Like, and then also notice you and see you for all the great things about you too. Like she let it all live together. It was all very integrated. Yeah. Isn't that such an admirable thing? Cause I think maybe this is just because, you know, again, uh, projection and we're linking these two stories, but I felt like my mom was the same way. She would like call you on your bullshit and it'd be like uncomfortable. And then, mm-hmm. it, and like when she said her piece, if you like, she liked your answer, she'd be like, okay. So anyways, what do you think about And like, what the fuck? <laughs> How did you just do that? Do that like so, like in such a healthy way. Uh-huh. I felt like we were gonna have a fight, and you didn't like me. Oh no, you're just expressing like a, a you know dissatisfaction or unhappiness or disappointment, and then but now you're fine. It doesn't mean fine. I like you less. It yeah. just yeah, it's just how I feel. Like have yeah. the confidence of like just being like, oh, I'm gonna say uh, I don't like this. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're good now. Mm-hmm. Like as opposed to me, I'm like. Um, anyways, I will, uh, I'll just uh, push this down a little bit, and I'll resent it later, and you know maybe at some point I'll say something. <laughs> Megan's mom said something that blew my freaking mind. Um, And this was in September when I went to visit. So, you know, Megan was sick. Kevin had passed away um, at the end of February. And they're just in it. And I went to lunch with Megan's mom. And she said, you know, at first when Megan was diagnosed, I was like, why me? Why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to us as a family? She's like, and then I thought, why not me? Hmm. And I, 
now I'm trying to be like, okay, why, why not me? And like, this did happen. And I just hope it deepens me. And I hope I like, I just want to be able to let it in. Um, I think that's why I'm like trying to get out of this, uh, December 29th mode is because I'm just like, I, I hope, I just hope it opens me up to just all of it. Just the whole, the whole thing, seeing the leaves and the trees and sitting with friends I've known for so long and talking about the real stuff and doing my work and moving forward and, yeah. Well, I think um, that's the hope for anything, right? Just to assign value. And like, I hope this it has meaning, even if it's not not like meaning in like the universal that like, mm-hmm. but just like that this fucking pain that I felt or this loss, just let it have meaning for my life moving forward. Let it change me. Let it make me better because that's what that would give it meaning if it like makes me kinder, if it makes me softer, if it makes me uh, more confident and more grateful, that's meaning. Mm-hmm. If it just like shifts me a little bit, hopefully for the better. Yeah. These two amazing people. I, they had such an effect on so many people's lives and they were, you know, they were at the center of it all. They created the environment. I listened to um, Mary Catherine Bateson. She was um, she's an anthropologist, and she was she wrote this whole book on um, redefining what it means to be a homemaker. Mm. And it was like she's like it's not a it's not male or female. It's not about um, having children or not. It's not about even being in a partnership or not. Uh, being a homemaker is creating a space uh, where learning is possible. And like that was Megan and Kevin when they were teenagers. Right. <clears throat> they created a space where we could like go and learn about ourselves and experience life. And, um, and because Kevin was always like the lookout, I always felt safe. And because Megan was just pure joy, I always felt so alive. Mm. And then the combination of the two of them, there was so much trust and love and respect. And it's just like, that's the ultimate. And, um, and so I just, uh, like, that's my, that's my hope for everyone in that, that whole community, um, is that they'll be able to keep that going. Um, cause it's like, you look at everyone's faces right now and you're just like, whoa. Like they are. You're in it. Yeah. 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 How, um, cause I have a few people in my life who have lost kids, like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, who are my peers. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they've lost, Ugh. uh, you know, kids I grew up with mm-hmm. and one or two of them, uh, I don't see them anymore except from like my more, more my childhood, but in the few times I have, I just like there is, and maybe this is just me projecting, but it feels like there is like uh, something like that is like a, a shine to their eyes that is gone. It is like a, something is dimmed a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, how are how are their parents doing? I can't imagine. I mean, losing one child feels like uh, just an insurmountable amount of grief yeah. and losing to lo- losing griefing grieving and loss but like two in such short order. Yeah. It's, it's like, you know, their children have gone to war mm-hmm. and didn't return home. I mean, I can't speak for them. You know, I, I, I can only speak of my experiencing my, by experiencing them going through this. And I think I, their mom is so strong. Like she wore this beautiful floral dress to Megan's funeral. And we were like, you look so gorgeous and bright oranges and reds. And she was like, well, it's time to be happy now. And, um, and Mr. Meehan, he's such a love. His name is Barry and he's just, and he's a bear and he's just, just such he's just such a love like we would always try to get away with murder in that house and 
you knew you couldn't you, the, he was always going to be walking a dog you know what i mean you were always going to run into barry right, right. <laughs> he's going to be where you're at least expecting he's a ninja <laughs> and he actually when i was a freshman in high school we would party under this uh bridge we it was the riverfront that's what we called it everybody had to get a riddle to get in yeah, yeah. and uh and <laughs> exactly and um Kevin was a football player. I'm sure that comes as no surprise. And he had been hit pretty hard and they didn't know if he had had a concussion and, but he still went out. He went to the riverfront. We were all partying. He was a sophomore and I was a freshman and Megan and I were down there and I had a red solo cup in my left hand and a cigarette in my right mm-hmm. hand, a Marblade. And all of a sudden their black Bronco comes around the corner and it's Mr. Meehan in the car. And I was like, Oh fuck. And Megan's like, Jennifer, we have to get in the car now. And my dad said, we were all going home. And I was like, okay, we were silent on the ride home. Mm-hmm. And the next morning I'm like making my bagel. And, and of course, like I'm smoking a cigarette. I have a mouthful of braces. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, of course. <laughs> and, uh, and he was like, Jennifer, um, you know, you're not supposed to be doing either of those things, but with your braces, once they come off, if you continue smoking, like that's how he got me. Like right. you will have, your teeth will be a disaster. And I was like, Ugh. but yeah, he was always just looking out for everyone. And, and he's still doing that. I think that his heart is broken. Um, and Megan towards the end, just like also wouldn't let her dad love her to bits. And we would all be like, and that's also the funny thing about death. You picture it like a movie where, you know, you just, you're hugging everyone and sure. you're, and Megan was just like, Ugh, dad, like constantly, like, and reverting back to being in high school. Yeah. Cause those dynamics don't go away. And we would all be in a corner being like, can someone talk to Megan and just like, let this man love her. My God, he's been through so much already and we know what's about to happen. And so I was sitting with Megan and we were like watching TV and I was like, so like, you know, how's everything going with your parents right now? She was like, it's fine. And I was like, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> and I had to change the subject. But, um, and you know, she knew, Megan knew I, well, she always knew I loved Britney Spears. And then I told her sure. that I had this podcast about Britney and she would always listen and stuff. And at one point, uh, and Mr. Meehan could never hear anything. And he's always like, what, huh? What, huh? And so Megan was sitting there one day and she's like, do you think that you talk about, do you say Britney more than my dad says, huh, and what? Or do you think it's the other way around? And, you know, so it's also, it's just like it continues to be life, you know, like, um, but Megan has a, a niece, their brother Dan, who's still living, has a daughter. And, um, and Megan, before she passed, organized it so um until she's 21 she'll receive a, a present on her birthday from Megan oh, every that's year great. and Megan's dad was the one who told me about that and mm. he was you know tearing up telling me but also smiling you know like so they're still finding ways for her and they'll continue you know to find ways for her to be in this world well, I think it's also interesting, something I realized, uh, somebody said it to me once, but then <clears throat> realized how much it rang true, mm-hmm. is just because, like, their life ends, it doesn't mean that their story or your relationship with them does, yeah. because, you know, I, um, I don't know how it'll be with, like, two peers, I mean, I've lost some friends, but never, anybody I was very close with, um, but, like, you know, I will be turning 38 in a month. And I think just even that will be like, oh, uh, my mom, I was seven when my mom was 38. And just like that, like, oh, that's a different perspective. So that, like that changes my, the way that I see her in that relationship as opposed to her story has kind of come to a close, but not with me. Like yeah. I just keep on learning more things about it. Yeah. And my perception, my perception shifts, even if like, can't see the, the 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 colors of the memories quite as vibrantly yeah because it's an it's an evolving thing it's a living thing they're they are not consistently living but your relationship with them is yes when you brought up um your birthday like my birthday was the other day and i 
woke up and I was like, oh, today is my 37th birthday. Mm-hmm. And both Megan and Kevin didn't get a 37th birthday. And I, it made me so sad for a minute. And then I was like, that, but then it's an opportunity that they didn't have and just don't want to sleep on it. Yeah. Do you have um, any advice for uh, anybody who is in the weeds or has, uh, what you said earlier, just like experienced a bunch of shit in short order as opposed to like, you know, we usually get most people like, here's one bad thing. All right, get a couple years off. Here's another thing. (laughs) When you're just kind of, uh, you know, working a double shift. Mm Mm-hmm. feel your feelings Mm. notice them don't I mean I try so hard not to become my feelings like I'm like oof I'm just so mad I said I I have okay one I'm so lucky that I have a gardener okay so it's already I'm starting this story where I was like I have someone who comes and cleans my yard and there was a wild windstorm and a gigantic tree fell and the whole street was shut down and there was no electricity and there was no internet. Oh my God. <laughs> and I was acting like it, I, it triggered all the stuff I was already feeling. And I was just like, I can't handle any of this. And the gardener came and he cleaned just so there was so much shit and he cleaned it up for the most part. And then there was like one tiny thing and I was sitting there and I was like, I am so mad. I just am so mad right now. And I know I'm being ridiculous. I just need to say it out loud. And Van was like, yeah, you're really mad. You're really mad. All right, cool. And then it was like, yeah, moving on. Mm. Just uh, laughing at myself. And then also if there are days where I can't do much of anything, don't beat yourself up. Yeah. If you can't do anything, you can't do anything. And ask your friends for help. Like, if you need something, it's okay. It's okay to ask a friend to to be there. Like, we went out and had drinks. And I was like, Steve, I'm not not doing so great. Mm -hmm. But then once I said it, yeah. It's almost like a release. Yeah. It's like an old faithful. Like it just got to come out every so often. And then it's like, ah, okay. Yeah. What would you say? What is your advice? Oh. Uh, I feel like that was a really bad answer. I don't, I don't know. think so. Just to acknowledge. I think you're, the crux of what you're saying is to just be kind to yourself. Like yeah. if you're feeling, feeling, don't deny it. Yeah. And if you can't do something, don't push it. Don't moralize it. Today, I'm, uh, I don't have the strength to do all the things I normally do. That's okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, at a certain point, you want to like, okay, well, I can't wallow. What's the difference between like being nice to myself and also mm-hmm. just being like, oh, you're just being Eeyore. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think those are great, uh, great pieces of advice. I, I don't know. I think um, I guess... I would say, like, a thing that I think I I definitely did and probably still do is, like, I try to distract from uh, Uh uh, discomfort. Because that's what we all, so much of our lives are just spent trying to avoid discomfort. Mm -hmm. And I think there was a lot of things that I did. And I think certain to a certain degree it is a necessity. um, And it's good to be reminded of uh, life. Um, like I know my, my, um, my stepdad, uh, is a wonderful dude and is still like, you know, we don't talk as much as we did previously, but I still, you know, we catch up every few months and uh, I love him. He's great. And he was like a great partner for all this stuff when my mom passed. But like, I don't know how, what the exact timeline was, but like four months or so after she passed, like he was dating somebody. Mm-hmm. And I think some people are like, that's feels soon and I, and I never I feel like there's no you can't put a timeline on that and also for me it feels like it felt like I know how important that is to be reminded that there is 
that there's life yeah. and that to be reminded that there is something other than just like this, um, this umbrella, this rain cloud. Yeah. To feel love. Yeah. To feel love and to feel like hope and to, um, I don't think that, I don't think that tarnishes someone's memory. I don't think that like you're not replacing. It's just like recognizing that like I'm still here. Yeah. Um, and I still want to, uh, experience all the things. And in some ways it's a way of being closer to the person that you once were because mm-hmm. you're experiencing those feelings anew. It might be like complicated and, and tumultuous, but you're feeling like, oh, I have this love and I have, I'm trying to build it again. And in doing so, I'm kind of like um, re-experiencing that thing that I have with them. Yeah. I will say the other thing that I'm, I'm, I'm doing is doing the have to's. Like, what do I have to do? Sure. And everything else, it's taken off the list. Right. Because it's just, I just got to do this, and then the rest of the time I'll figure it out. But I went to, a, I had a, a work lunch thing, and then I was driving home, and because I've removed everything else, I was like, I don't, what, what am I going to do now? Mm-hmm. Like, I can do anything, and I'm like, I guess I'll just drive home. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to pull over. I'm going to go get a cookie, mm-hmm. sit on this bench, not even look at my phone, and just... Be like a little kid sitting on a veggie and a cookie just have some in the middle time. of the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And I laughed at myself and I was like, okay, now I'll get back in my car and I guess drive home because I don't know what else to do. Yeah. And it was fun. It was like a little bright spot in the day and yeah. unexpected and yeah, cookie time. Have some cookie time for yourself. Do it. Make some cookie time. Make some cookie time, guys. Yeah, man, because I think at the end of the day, those things uh, are very uh, important. It's very easy to lose sight of those things. But, like, uh, going to the movie with your best friend, that's the best. Feeling sunshine in forever. That's, that's the, best. the best. Making, just, like, taking a moment and not getting, like, bogged down in bullshit and having some cookie time. It's the best. Yeah. It really, really is. And then also... If you can, even for a couple of days, go away. That's what I'm doing on Monday. Good. I'm going, just going to go stick my face in the sun. Great. Good for you. And go be with my loved one and just read books and yeah. take naps. and Have a prolonged cookie time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great. Yeah. Well, yeah. thanks, man. I appreciate you coming out and chatting with me. Steve, I love you, man. Love you too, buddy. <laughs> Thank you. There you go, gang. Market another episode for the books, for the annals. Thank you so much, Jen, for taking time out of your day to talk to me about some tough the stiff. I really appreciate it. Uh, isn't she a delight? I think so. If you if you like her and you should, go listen to her podcast. Look for her on your televisions, and if you want to see what's going on with her, check her out on our Instagram. It's Jennifer Zabrowski. That's Jennifer, Z-A-B-O-R-O-W-S-K-I. She posts about all the things she loves over there, like her sister, her husband, and, of course, her delightful podcast. You can find more information about all the things she's doing right there. Uh, thanks so much, Jen. Really appreciate it. A couple other thank yous. Thank you to Hayden Fongheiser for doing everything behind the scenes that I'm incapable of doing, which is most things. And thank you to Kingdom Flying Club and Julia Pod for our music. You guys are great. Uh, and the biggest thanks for huge goes to you guys. Thanks for taking some time out of your day, doing something mushy and gushy with the feelings. I think you're great. I love you, and have a wonderful week.